This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGoodwin. I remember when I quit my corporate recruiting job at Hulu to work on Career Contessa full-time as being a bit of a mess. I had gone back and forth over the idea for months. I agonized over the money aspect and just had lots and lots of anxiety. It felt overwhelming for me to figure out the right way to quit when I wasn't leaving for another traditional job. That's why I was so excited to come across Matt Yao's Guide to Quitting. Written from his personal experience of leaving his tech job in December 2022, Matt created a blueprint that can help anyone strategically think about how to quit their job with or without another job lined up. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. This is the first podcast I've ever been on. I do my own podcast with my friend Abe, but this is the first time I am the guest. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's kind of nice to be in the guest spot versus the interviewer spot. Well, I guess you I guess you're about to see which yeah, one we'll you see. like more. But um, <laughs> all right, well, let's start with your background and the story behind you quitting your job and also what you're doing these days. Obviously, you mentioned a podcast, but kind of give us the whole little background story. Yeah, of course. So last year in 2022, starting in February, I had the first seed planted in my head to quit my job and then not have anything lined up beforehand in it of itself felt like a big decision, even though in February 2022, I didn't have the date or when I would quit, just deciding to quit without anything lined up in many ways felt like a bigger decision than the actual timing of it. But it actually took me 10 months to work up to the point of being able to quit and enter this sabbatical that I'm currently in. But prior to leaving my job at the end of last year, I was working as a product manager at a tech company and before that was, you know, a product manager at a different tech company. Before that, I was studying engineering at UC Berkeley. So in many ways, this has been like a constant unfolding journey and exploration of myself. Nowadays, I'm actually just seven months into my sabbatical since it's July 31st. And things have been great. It has been all the good things that I was hoping for and expecting have turned out to be better. And all the things that I was worried about or concerned about, like money, which we might end up talking about, hasn't been as bad as I thought. In terms of what I'm actually up to, I have three projects that are tangible and produce things. So I write a personal blog. I write a climate newsletter called Build and Climate. 
And then I also do my own podcast called On the Rise with my friend Abe. I would say outside of those three projects, most of my time is actually spent just reading and learning. So even though I have these three structured projects, most of my time is just wandering, exploring my curiosities, doing my hobbies, spending time with loved ones, stuff like that. Yeah. We should mention you don't have kids. <laughs> so for someone who's listening yes. to this and they're like, what is, what is he doing in his free time? He doesn't have kids. I have kids. So I can promise anybody who would go on a sabbatical, maybe the free time piece of this might not be exact, but Matt had a really thoughtful and creative way of thinking about quitting. And the reason why I wanted you on this show is because so many people think about quitting and it's, they think, oh, I'm just going to walk into my boss's office one day and say, I quit and that's it. Or, you know, they dream of these moments, but quitting to your point is so much more about like the actual going in and quitting is like pretty easy. It's all the stuff that happens beforehand. And I think that's a really strategic, thoughtful process. It's obviously very personal, but I've always found it to be really inspiring to hear how other people go through the process maybe not that you're going to copy it exactly, but sort of, it can kind of just like plant some seeds in you, in your brain too, about how you might want to go about it. And so you also were great about the fact that you kind of documented this, you created a guide for how to quit your job. And it's again, really strategic. And so I thought it would be really important for us to have that game plan to share with others. So I want to start by just saying, what advice around sabbatical versus quitting would you share? And what are the specific reasons why one might consider taking a sabbatical? Because I love that you're calling it a sabbatical, even though it was like a self-induced sabbatical. Yeah, actually, in December, when I was getting to the point of quitting and putting in my notice, I was telling friends that I was going to embark on a career break. And actually, one of the essays I've written on my personal blog is called Chronicles of the Career Breakers. So even back then, I was using that term. But I stopped using that about two to three months in because I felt like it wasn't fitting. Because if you take a break, that implies that you're resting, you're taking a period of time away from something, and then you're going to return. So now I've just, I, you know, in the last couple of months, started using the term sabbatical. It seems a little bit more fitting. It's such a personal decision that it's hard to give advice to, you know, the general public on, oh, this is like, this is what you should do, that type of thing. I think for everyone, it requires a lot of reflection, inner work, thinking about who you are and what you want to do so that you can make the best decision for yourself. I don't really have like, here's a step-by-step, you know, I have the template, but the template is the minimal structure needed to sort of actually provide the resources. It's just a container for you to think about your own journey and what you want to get out of the next step. Yeah. I think also your point about career break versus sabbatical is, you know, sometimes people will think of career stuff as like, it has to fit in the box. It's like, well, I can't say I'm taking sabbatical because that's something a company gives me. And it's like, no, you can say whatever you want and people can ask additional questions and get clarity around it. So I, I really like that you have pointed that out as well. So before we get into it, I think it is important to discuss the type of professional that your your quitting guide was written for, because I think it's important context before you share. So can you share who, who you kind of had in mind when you wrote this? Yeah, it's funny. The whole reason why I put this together wasn't because it was meant to be something to share in public. For the 10 months while I was constantly in this tension, one week I would say, I would get really frustrated with something at work and be like, all right, next week I'm quitting, you know, sort of like impulse decision. The next week I would get concerned about money and think I need to stay and save up more, more cash and have more personal runway. And along those 10 months, I would basically save every single link, helpful book, resource, article, et cetera, that I found. And I 
all I had to do at the end of it was re- a format that to look a little nicer. So this was very much a selfish thing for me to do of logging all of these helpful resources. And in hindsight, the reason why I did this is because I didn't have anyone else around me. I didn't have friends that were also thinking about doing something similar. It's funny now because I think it's sort of self. Now I feel like I'm a magnet for people that want to quit their jobs. Like friends talk to me, they reach out to me, even random strangers will will reach out and want to talk to me now. But yeah, in the beginning, I was really just doing it for myself. And so I think that's important context. The type of person that I put this together for is probably similar to me, someone who probably doesn't have a family, has the ability to perhaps travel or work remotely. In many ways, I feel very privileged to have been able to do this, to have worked in tech, making good money, to save up enough so that I can give myself this opportunity to explore. Yeah, I think that's really important context. Thank you for sharing. And now we're going to go through the guide, which I'll put in the show notes as well, because each section. So basically, you laid this out in Notion. You kind of go section by section. And I think that, again, I'll share the template in the show notes. But I think the way you laid it out in the steps is really applicable to anyone who's maybe trying to think about this for themselves. So step one is learning from others. So talk more about that. I know you mentioned a little bit, like first thing you started to do is just share anything you found on the internet related to quitting. But can you talk a little bit more about the learning from others piece of the the template? Yeah, this is when I felt super lost. And I realized I couldn't make the decision by myself. So I leaned on others that have written about quitting their jobs. There's lots of different types of articles, books, things in there. It spans from philosophy to personal essays around quitting their job to even things like, I don't know, there's, there's just so much in here, even, even things on like cognitive science and the mind. So I read this one book by, called Quit by Annie Duke, and she talks about the cognitive biases around quitting things. For example, like when you feel like it's too, when you feel like it's the right time to quit, it's often already late. Like when you think it's early to quit, it might be actually the right time. So I was really just drawing on anything I could find that could help me. And whenever I would find something helpful, I would just keep that link for later because I, I found that maybe I'd want to reference it later. Have you ever been on the hunt for a new doctor and you literally ask everyone you know for their recommendation? You know, a doctor who actually gets you, listens to you, oh, and makes you feel super comfortable. And finally, after weeks of searching, you find the one. It's a perfect match. They actually listen to you. They understood what you're talking about. And you don't feel like you're being rushed out the door. So you call their office and they have an appointment available. But then, drum roll please, the receptionist tells you that the perfect doctor doesn't take your insurance. Ugh, you just wasted so much time. Well, wipe your tears, put away the ice cream, and head over to ZocDoc to find and book the doctor who is right for you and most importantly, takes your insurance. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. I've been using ZocDoc for a while now, and I actually use it to book my uh, appointments with my doctor for hypothyroidism. It was really easy. I found it. I checked a box about my insurance, read the reviews, and I did it all within like 15 minutes. It was amazing. And I had my appointment with that doctor, I think about seven or eight days after. So amazing. These docs have all been verified from actual real patients, not bots. And the average wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 48 hours. That's it. You can even score some same-day appointments. 
Once you find the doc that you want, you can book them immediately with just a few app taps. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. That's just wasting your time. You don't have time for that. I know it. So I use ZocDoc to make my own appointments with a specialist. Like I said, it was super easy. ZocDoc has search filters for so many kinds of specialists. I actually found my go-to thyroid specialist on ZocDoc and even was able to book a highly reviewed dermatologist the same day so I could get all my appointments over in one day. I love that with ZocDoc and I know that I can do everything in one place and I can have just like one big doctor day. And for me and my schedule, that works really, really well. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Contessa and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. One more time. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Contessa. ZocDoc.com slash Contessa. Hi. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. I'm so excited to announce Dear Media's first ever daily show, Good Instincts. If you've ever found it challenging to eat thoughtfully while juggling a busy schedule, then this show is for you. Instead of aiming to simply eat healthier, we'll focus on tips and mindset shifts that streamline the process. Because balance is key, and the less complicated, the better. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. Available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm so excited to talk about our next sponsor, the Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business. Georgia Tech's Scheller's full-time evening and executive MBA programs are consistently ranked top 20 in the nation. In fact, the evening MBA program is number one part-time MBA program in Georgia. Students can choose from 14 concentration options to major in, including sustainability, business analytics, supply chain, international business, and more. Scheller's full-time MBA program is ranked number one among top business schools when comparing total tuition costs with average starting salary. Tuition is over 50% lower than other comparably ranked programs. In addition to the affordable tuition, Scheller offers many scholarships and fellowships for women, making an investment in you and your MBA completely accessible. They're all about career transformation. Scheller's MBA career services are ranked top five in the world, six years running, and their advisors can assist you through one-on-one coaching, interview prep, resume and career development workshops, career fairs, and more. Scheller is located in the heart of Atlanta's Tech Square, an area with the highest density of startups, corporate innovators, and research in the southeastern U.S. Students gain real-world experience with Tech Square neighbors through practicums, projects, and internships. What I love about Scheller is that women are leaders in the Scheller community and have many opportunities to build their leadership skills through student-led clubs, committees, events, and leadership development programs. Through a business education at Scheller, women gain infinite opportunities to grow and transform both personally and professionally while learning how to lead at the intersection of business and technology. Visit gtmbawomen.com to learn more about Georgia Tech's Scheller MBA programs. One more time, it's gt, like Georgia Tech, mbawomen.com to learn more about Georgia Tech's Scheller's MBA program. So besides Annie's book, was there anything else that really stood out to you? So her book was called Quit, you said? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's at least like 50 or 60 different links here. But I would say I want to give a shout out to Paul Millard. I actually met him in person last week in New York. His book, The Pathless Path, is really what got started. It was the first domino. And I read that in February 
2022. And I know that it was a start because I started this practice of daily journaling. And I remember I was midway into the book when I made the decision to take a sabbatical at some point in February 2022. Didn't even have the time yet. But I remember, I don't, I don't even remember exactly what I was reading in the book, but the first half or wherever I was in that book made me realize, okay, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Amazing. I think, you know, one of the things I know, especially on the podcast is that I love to read books to help me kind of think through it. And the nice thing about authors is that they usually don't just give advice. They also back up it, back it up with really great research. And so for some people, they need some sort of science and research to help them be like, okay, I'm not making this up in my head. Like this, there is a reason why this makes sense to do. So that's really helpful. Okay. So step two is talk to people. What are the two lists that you recommend people make when it comes to the the step about talking to people? Yeah, I actually have the guide pulled up because it's been a while since I've looked at it. I wrote down people I should talk to and also inspiring people. So, you know, obviously just general categories here, feel free to mix it up however you want. For people I should talk to, it was a way for me to brainstorm people that I was pretty confident I could get a hold of. So maybe it's friends that all I have to do is text them or friends of friends who had done something similar. And I just thought maybe there'd be something I could learn from them. And it's more the intention of sitting down to come up with those names to finally get you to actually reach out to them. Because in our day to day, we don't, you know, we just go about doing our thing and don't really necessarily carve out the time to do something like this. For inspiring people, I think it's a useful exercise to think about what kinds of people you're drawn towards. And oftentimes you'll, you'll find people that you look up to and it's not in a professional setting. And perhaps it's not like you want to be them in a hundred percent of all ways, but it's more like they exhibit a certain characteristic or trait. Maybe they are creative or maybe they're playful, or maybe they demonstrate something that you feel like you're currently lacking in your life because maybe of your job or because you're working too hard or too much that you don't have the free time to explore your curiosity. Mm -hmm. When you would reach out to these people, did you frame it as sort of like an informational interview? I just want to kind of learn about your path and what you're doing, or how did you frame that? I probably didn't do much of this until the very end. So like I mentioned, I think it might've been before we started recording, I wrote this one piece called Chronicles of the Career Breakers. And basically I reached out to everyone I knew who had taken a career break or sabbatical. And it was, I think, 12 to 14 people. And I just said, hey, I'm going to write this thing about people have done this alternative sort of life decision. Can you fill out this Google form? And so I really only worked up the courage to talk to people until the ninth or 10th month. So I don't really have a good answer here. In many ways, like I feel like what I write about or what I tell people are things that I would have done that I actually didn't do. I didn't, I didn't have this template or people advising me on how to navigate this. So it's actually funny because when people reach out to me to, to chat and they mention this thing is blocking me, whether it's money or just risk-taking, it's like, I just remember, I just go back to last year, every single type of blocker or hurdle, I pretty much went through myself because I really didn't have advisors or mentors to, to guide me. Yeah. Yeah, I, that totally makes sense. And I think it's interesting because your point being is like, maybe this is a 
learn from the way I did it. And actually, instead of doing this at the very end of the process, it would have been better if this was at the beginning of the process, which is why it's so helpful that you made this guide and you're sharing it today. Because I know that when I was looking to quit my job at Hulu before I was doing Career Contessa, I did something similar. And I also did it late in the process. I think also had I just written down some of these names maybe earlier in the process, I might've felt better. The end of the process almost felt a little rushed for me because all of a sudden then I was looking for people who were like going to agree or justify my reason for quitting and wanting to start my own thing. And so in hindsight, I see your point about like, okay, didn't do this till later, but it might've been helpful had I done it a little earlier. So this is really good. If you guys are thinking about quitting your job, make these lists and don't be afraid to reach out to people um, earlier in your your process. Okay, so step three is brainstorming how you want to spend your time. So what are some starter questions and explain what the real goal is with this exercise? Yeah, some of the starter questions are like, what would you want to do in a blank day, right? You wake up Monday morning, calendar's free, you don't have any Zoom meetings that you have to attend to, what would you do? And there's other things like, where would you want to travel to? Or what are some adventures that you've always wanted to go on? These are, this is not necessarily a plan a step-by-step trip right now, but it's more so just getting the sort of like the muscle activated or warmed up to even begin to wonder and dream big. Because this is sort of like leaving the default path, leaving the conventional world of how things are structured and rigid, where a lot of what we do in corporate America is t- given to us or told by someone else you are the time you wake up is dictated based on when your meetings are your meetings are dictated by your boss by your team by your company right so once you have a blank canvas you are in control of your your time your life and it's important to realize that you have this responsibility this agency this ownership of yourself to really dream big and wonder what you might do with all of this time Yeah. I wonder if that's sometimes the scariest part for people when they go on sabbatical or they take a career bake or they quit a job and they don't know exactly what they're going to do is like, there's almost this panic of like, I was so used to having my day filled and now it's not. And I feel this need of like filling it, which is, you know, there's the whole crux that people can fall into where it's like productivity means that you're you're doing something like you're getting something done. So you can fall into this, this trap really easily that not all productivity is, is good. Right. So this is also one of those really good exercises, I think, cause it kind of guides, it guides how you want to spend your time before you're in that panic mode. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I simply tell people from time to time that a lot of it is just figuring out who you are and what you want. And that might just be like a philosophical big life thing. Like the whole point of life is to figure out who you are and what you want. And I do find that people are a bit scared and nervous to really have all the things removed to force themselves to ask themselves these questions. I was catching up with a friend who works in private equity two weeks ago, and he told me that he went, he he stopped drinking alcohol for three months and he went sober mostly for job recruiting so he could spend more time recruiting. But he went back to drinking because he would wake up on the weekends at like 8 a.m. instead of, I don't know, 10 or 11 a.m. And he just didn't like those extra morning hours where there was no one to hang out with. And I thought it was super peculiar, like the fact that he felt uncomfortable with just being completely by himself. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of people, I mean, social media fills the gap. Like there are so many things that can fill a gap for people. But to your point, trying to figure out who you are, 
Yeah, that's like a big, heavy question. But also it's like the thing that keeps people constantly running on the treadmill of like more. If I do more, 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 maybe I'll be able to answer this question or maybe I'll figure this thing out. I think this also comes up a lot in this in conversations on the podcast when we're talking about values. Like, what are your values? That's another thing where people are like, I know I'm supposed to figure this out to figure out where I, you know, what career would be a good fit for me, but I can't, I've never thought about my values. And so to your point, these are these like big, heavy questions, but they are also really, really important. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or IPO ready, Shopify is the tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling artwork from Shopify's in-person POS system or monetizing your digital marketing masterclass on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you're totally covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers to buyers. Come on, guys, you know, you've all turned into a buyer when you're on a Shopify checkout page at one point or another. I know I have definitely, definitely done that because it's so easy. As an entrepreneur and business owner, it sometimes feels like you have to wear so many hats that it can get overwhelming. I've really learned to rely on tools that simplify business processes so that I have more time to focus on other things. And what I love about Shopify is that it really feels like it does it all. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is truly a global force, powering brands like Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. They are legit. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is here to support your success every step of the way. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash career contessa, all lowercase. One more time, go to shopify.com slash career contessa, all lowercase, to take your business to the next level today. Again, you can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash career contessa. Many of you know that I'm a working mom of two under two. So that means anytime I can travel, it's a really big deal. And when I travel, it's important for me to stick to my routines of moving, eating, and sleeping well for me and my family. Our sponsor, Weston, makes it easy to stay well while traveling. With over 200 destinations around the world, Weston Hotels makes it possible for you to keep up with your wellness routine while traveling. At Weston, you can work out how you want with a variety of fitness options to keep your wellness routine on track while you're away. You can maintain your focus in Weston's workout fitness studios. They're equipped with state-of-the-art equipment, or you can get moving on a group run led by Weston's Run Concierge, a running guide and buddy who makes it easy for you to explore the local areas. Weston has three and five mile scenic running maps that make it easy for you to find the best route to explore on foot. And if you prefer to do your own thing, feel free to use workout and recovery gear available on demand through Weston's gear lending program. I actually did this because I went to Seattle once and I totally forgot all my exercise stuff. And I was really lucky. I was staying at a Weston because they just literally dropped off the gear at my door. It was amazing. And at Weston, you can eat well too with the Weston eat well menu. 
It's designed with foods that make sure you meet your nutritional needs. So you can choose what's right for you based on your desired portion size and nutritional balance. Weston makes it easier for you to continue nourishing your health, no matter the destination. I always find this really important because I feel like when I travel, I get so far off my routine and I kind of feel really blah. And sometimes it's the drinks and the food and all that adding up. And I love that at Weston, you don't have to worry about that because it's basically taking your routine with you. And at the end of the day, you can sleep well at Weston as well. You can recharge your body and mind with restorative sleep in Weston's renowned heavenly bed, which just so you guys know, as a parent of two under two, the idea of being able to sleep in and sleep in an amazing bed is like probably the best thing ever right now. They even include a sleep well lavender balm, which eases tension and helps you drift to sleep. This is something that I know sounds really small, but it really does help you disconnect from your day and be able to sleep. And again, for anyone with little kids, you understand why this is maybe the best part of any vacation if you can sleep well, and then hopefully they'll also let you sleep in. Weston Hotels and Resorts is part of Marriott Bonvoy, an extraordinary portfolio of hotel brands and an award-winning travel program. At Weston Hotels, there's amenities and offerings aimed to help you move well, eat well, and sleep well, so you can keep your well-being close while away. Find wellness on your next day at Weston. Okay, I want to move on to step four because I think step four is probably the biggest one for people, which is personal finances. So explain the three questions that you need to answer around your finances that you put into the guide. Yes. Question one, how much money do I have right now to live off of? Number two, how long do I want to plan to be living off savings during my career break? Even even in the guide, you see that I was using the word career break. Number three, estimate Mm -hmm. how much you will spend per month while on your career break. These are sort of just prompting questions to get the ball rolling on thinking about money. In my own experience, I realized the actual number in the bank account was not the actual final bottleneck or constraint. It was purely emotional, psychological. I was getting in the way. So I had hit sort of my minimum number, which in hindsight was super arbitrary back in July. I didn't quit until uh, December. So I think for people, this is a very practical constraint. This is the primary practical constraint. But out of all constraints, the final constraint tends to not be the practical and more the impractical, the emotional things that get us in the way. And money is this kind of taboo subject that I think makes it even harder to talk about and think about, but is often the most helpful to hear from other people so that we realize like, oh, we're not alone, or this is just, you know, a lot of times we overthink things around money. You mean like we overthink how much we need or we just overthink like we're never going to make it again if we take this sabbatical. I think there's also probably a lot of pressure of thinking if I if I take this career break slash sabbatical, what if I use up all my money before I get the job again? Like also, I mean, not to put you on the spot here, but like quitting in December 2022 What's, you know, there was still a lot of hiring. Like, this has been a really tough year to find a job. Like, does it ever feel like, oh, shoot, I got my timing wrong with quitting? (laughs) Yeah, I think we might spend more time on (laughs) Not to make you nervous. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think we'll probably spend more time on money because I'll say upfront that I have the healthiest relationship with money right now than ever before, which is very counterintuitive. I did think about if I can try and pull myself back into December 2022. I was worried about the job market going back into it. I was also semi-confident that I could get a job, not necessarily my dream job, if I wanted to, if I wanted to go back. But honestly, about two, three months into the sabbatical in the early spring, I realized I don't really want to be an employee again. 
I don't even, yeah, so I don't think I'm going back to product management. I don't think I'm going to work at a tech company. I was telling people I, instead of career break, it's a career transition. But then the next follow-up question is, oh, what are you transitioning to? And I have no idea. Another big theme of the sabbatical journey is uncertainty and being willing to sit in uncertainty, which isn't necessarily a positive or negative term. It just means that you don't know what's going to happen. But one of the key learnings with my personal finance journey as it relates to sabbaticals is that so much of it is arbitrary. Like, How much money did I have in my checking account when I decided to start saving up more aggressively? Super arbitrary. How much money I'm willing to spend or invest in my sabbatical? Also arbitrary. Even things down to the tactical level of how much did I budget for per month? Also very arbitrary. I'm spending a lot less than I forecasted. And I think this is an important thing to touch on is in December when I was saying, okay, for each month, I'm going to spend X dollars. That was based on my spending when I was in corporate America. And there was a certain amount of that spending that was like remedial spending or coping spending where I was in this job that I wasn't deeply satisfied in. So I would, it's just like retail therapy, but apply to everything, to restaurants, going out, to travel. And then now that I'm doing stuff that I actually care about, I'm spending a lot less on that type of stuff, which is nice to see because originally I thought I had around a year and a half of personal savings for the sabbatical. And now I, I realize that year and a half might stretch to two years or even more if I, if I need to. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, you're also doing some stuff on the side that could bring in revenue additionally also. So I think there's also a difference of like going back to one of your earlier points about how do you plan on spending your sabbatical? If you're planning on traveling your whole sabbatical, you should, you should factor that into your finances a lot more, right? If you're planning on working on some projects, launching your side hustle, things like that. So obviously each step kind of builds upon itself and one step might influence the personal finance one. But to your point, there's also just the emotional piece of the money part. Like I know for me, I, really struggled with the quitting because I, I struggled with walking away from a really secure job. So like I'd go to a cocktail party and someone would say, what do you do? I was like recruiter at Hulu. And it was like, okay, cool. Like you're validated for being good enough. Cause you work at a company we've heard of a career we've heard of all that sounds great. I had a struggle with that because then I was going into something to your point about there's all this uncertainty or like, you feel like you have to over explain yourself because what you do doesn't fit into a box. And then also just leaving like the security of the corporate you know, the paycheck, the benefits, all that kind of stuff. And so even if you are financially in a good place and you know what you can do it, there's just this fear of like, can I, can I quote unquote afford to do it? So I think you made a really good point about there's so much more emotional pieces to this as well. So you can't forget to factor those in, but it's very practical to do this as well. Okay. Step five is set a soft placeholder quit date. What's the goal with this exercise just to kind of get yourself ready? (laughs) I discovered this tactic sort of by necessity because I couldn't set a date. I couldn't figure out when I would actually quit. This is probably in the summer of last year. And I got this from my friend Tiff, who had quit her job also as a product manager at a big tech company a few months prior. So she was explaining that this helped her because it more so just sets the intention that you're okay with leaving on this date. So I actually moved my placeholder quit date multiple times. But whenever I moved it, I always sat by myself and thought, okay, why am I moving it? And I always had a good reason for it. Maybe I found a way to stay longer at the company or something that was a bit more exciting to keep moving on, or you know, just had other things in life to look forward to that could work while staying in the job. I don't, I'm not necessarily advocating for setting the date and then sticking to it. If things change, which is inevitable, then 
you should be willing to adapt and go with the flow. Yeah. I had the same thing happen to me. I think I quit in May, but I gave my notice a month before that in April. And I had been, I had been like trying to get the guts to do it. I want to say like three months up until that, but then I got a new manager, but then this other person quit. And then, you know, I was like just constantly looking for a perfect timing to like give them this news. Also, did you find that there was also like never a perfect time to, to give that news to them? Are you referring to like the actual act of leaving? Yeah. To like going to your boss and be like, I'm quitting. So I think because I just spent so much time thinking about this, which, you know, I'm not saying is a good thing. If anything, it was just dreadful to just spend all that time in this (laughs) dilemma. I think because of that, it didn't really feel like this big jump when I finally put my notice in. I feel like maybe people already got the sense of that because I was already pretty detached from work. And you can just tell like, if people are just going through the motions, I was, I was probably one of those people that by the end of it, when I put my notice in, it didn't really feel like this big hurrah. Like it just felt like a curve rather than a big step function change in my life. That's why, that's why I think I put this guide together because so much of the actual work happened before I actually quit. Yeah. It was almost like the, (laughs) the end part was so easy because of all, I mean, to be fair, that's how most really strategic processes go is like the hard part is leading up to it. And then the day of, hopefully it goes pretty smoothly. So I want to wrap up. Obviously the the last step is to quit. Any tips for your last day in the office? Did you do anything, you know, where you were like trying to be strategic about holding on to those relationships or just any last day tips? Yeah. In hindsight, it's actually a little bittersweet that in those last conversations, you know, on my corporate uh, Google account, setting up these one-on-ones to say bye to people, it's kind of sad that I started to realize certain things about these people, like on a personal level that I didn't know all this time because we were working remotely. Like I didn't realize my manager at the time was interested in climate. And that's something that I do now. And she was asking me like, do you have any tips for how I can raise my kid to be more climate conscious? And I'm like 26. And I don't have kids. So I was like, whoa, you're asking me this. And then this other person, we talked about like meditating and yoga and stuff like that. I didn't know anything about uh, that about him until the final day. I think there's like the, the tactical tips of make sure you have your documents saved, all that stuff. I think one tactical tip that I found useful is if you know you have corporate health insurance, then if you quit on a certain day in the month, you get health insurance for that entire month. So I actually left early January so that I could have health insurance for the rest of January. Yeah, Give- quit on the first or the second. <laughs> yeah, not like the 29th or 30th. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's a really good point too about is that I don't want to maybe use the word regret, but like in hindsight, do you wish you had like maybe gotten to know some of your coworkers on a more personal level? Or do you think maybe it would have made it harder to quit? Or was there anything from that? Oh, 100%. I wish I got to know them better as more as humans. It also probably would have made it harder to leave. I think I lacked that human connection and relationship component in my job. I found it in places outside of work. But yeah, I 100% wish I spent the first two to three minutes of every work meeting asking how everyone is doing and what they did over the weekend rather than say, okay, let me pull up the notes from last week. Let's get right into it. Let's like, we only have 30 minutes and I think we'll need all of it, that type of thing. I, I could definitely see myself in my last job being basically a human machine, just constantly working for the sake of working and forgetting that the person on the other side of the screen is a human as well. Yeah. We did an episode with a professor at Yale and she had done this research about 
what drives happiness at work. And it was relationships, autonomy, and purpose. And so it's interesting because you mentioned like it might have been harder to leave. And it's like, yes, because relationships we know are one of the reasons that keep people in a job for sure. Well, Matt, this has been really interesting. I think your guide is incredibly helpful. So just so everyone remembers, I'm going to link to Matt's guide. It's a notion template in the show notes. So if you're thinking about quitting, you know, anyone in your life thinking about quitting, this can kind of act as like a game plan or a framework for you to be a lot more strategic about it. I think Matt has shared some really good insights into how he thought about each step. And of course you get to call it whatever you want, sabbatical, career break, career transition. I think it's awesome that people are starting to talk more about them and label themselves as that. I think it will take the stigma out if we talk about it more. So I think that's really amazing. Matt, any final advice or tips that you want to leave the audience with? Yeah, I would just say carve out the time and space for yourself to really sit in your thoughts and think about, like I mentioned, who you are and what you want. And I guess the last thing is I'm starting to coach. I'm starting to carve out some of my time for coaching, not just in transitions, but anything. I'm starting to explore that. And so if you're interested, feel free to reach out to me. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And then in the show notes, I will put a link to Matt's blog, his climate newsletter, his podcast. And you guys, I'll also put a link to um, a way to contact Matt if you are interested in coaching. So thank you again, Matt. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. Don't forget to rate and review our show. We'd absolutely love it if you could take a screenshot of the episode right now and then share it on Instagram and tag us. We love to see where you are listening to Career Contessa. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.